At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. My name is Ariel Kestenbaum, and I am the founder of Fair Meals, a 501c3 status nonprofit that focuses on easy, healthy, and affordable meal solutions for families of all walks of life. On our website, fairmeals.org, you can find free of charge, tons of tips, tricks, and recipes that encompass our three pillars of health, ease, and affordability. To help continue to make our programming the best it can be, please consider donating to this amazing initiative at fairmeals.org forward slash donate. Look, great time visiting with Brandon Bean up in Buffalo. And of course, we're going across the country to the Pacific Northwest to meet with our good friend. And like I said, the most popular, probably general manager in the league, got a chance to spend some great time with a good friend of mine, John Schneider, out in Seattle. Welcome to the GM Journey with Thomas Dimitrov. We spent a really good day with both John Snyder, his wife, Tracy, and Pat Monahan, the lead singer from Train, joined us on the boat when we were out cruising around Lake Washington. We had a great time. We rekindled a friendship that we've had for a long time. Once again, we've become heavy competitors in the league. This allowed us to put aside the comp- competition and the time that we're trying to always beat each other and really dig back into our history. Again, longtime friend of mine, great deal of respect, both professionally and personally. Check this one out. I think you'll really understand why, in the end, John Snyder is one of the guys in this league that's going to be around here a long time. Just for context, I think it's important for everyone to know this interview was done just prior to the 2021 season. All right, so here we are in Bellevue, Washington, a beautifully appropriate Seattle day with my dear friend, John Snyder. And uh, so excited to be here. I, I appreciate you joining. No, I mean, this is cool. You look great. On a, north, on a Northwest day, buddy. On a Northwest day. I was hoping it was gonna be sunny, right? <laughs> but that wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah. Like a fall day. No, if this looks great. Your yeah. beard looks great. Stop. I would be growing it if I could. <laughs> I'm, I'm never, I'm, I'm the splotchy guy. I can't, I can't do it. 
You're, you're, you're the most well-dressed person I know, okay? You're, you look great. Kime okay. wanted to argue with me the other day that he was, so, you know. He dresses pretty good, He's too. a good dressing guy, man. You know, for a heftier fellow. <laughs> he, he's always talked about how he's, he loves that. He loves dressing, and he's a big watch guy as well, so. He is had, a watch guy. Yeah, we had a good time talking yeah. with him about that. John, so I've thought about this. Yeah. You are so very well-respected in this league. You have such a personality, and, and you're so affable, communicative. I know you're going, oh, come yeah, on, come on, come on. But seriously, got, stop. No, like this, this is what you are. And you're the most popular general manager in our league for not only those reasons, but because of how you put teams together. That affable side and communicative side, is that something you learned? Has that always been you? Because you know, you and I know, we come into this league and we're, we're sort of taught you need to be a hard-ass GM. You yeah. need to be really, really harsh with, and rigid. Tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's that's um, very kind of you. <laughs> I appreciate you saying you that. Um, you got me blushing, dude. Um, no, but uh, I would say, I would say, really, just uh, there, there, there became a point uh, where in my career, or just from a confidence standpoint, it's like you know, I just felt like just be yourself. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna go for it, go for it being yourself. You know, make your decisions. Yeah. Uh, based on what you would do, um, not necessarily, you know, obviously what your boss wants, right? You know, with that that part of it. But I guess I was always like, I got to a point where I saw uh, a number of really good evaluators uh, fail uh, because they got into a position, uh, a leadership position where they tried to be uh, Thomas Dimitrov, right? Uh, I need to be or like I need to be like, like I need to be like my, my former boss, or what would my former boss do in this situation? And I'm not saying that you wouldn't do that, right? That you wouldn't think about those things, but as you know, we have to make decisions like that every day. And if you don't know who you are at your core, then how are you going to get to those? How are you going to get to making those decisions in a quick manner, right? Or in the in the the, the manner and the timing that you want to make it in. Right. Well, you you have you have such a grasp of that, and and this would be the perfect segue into asking you, does that mean that you would sit here and do your Chris Farley imitation in front of the entire world? <laughs> no, we that, can those, save no, that. that. Those will be for later in the evening. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, look, you you have an unbelievable record right now, and we you know we gauge of course by wins and losses, and to have nine out of eleven winning seasons. Um, meaning above 500 that's unbelievable i mean i as a as a general manager going into your 12th season what do you attribute your consistency 12. to? yeah that's crazy Isn't right that... how fast it goes yeah and and you know that too were you there 14 years 13 13. yeah okay so with us it's just been you know pete when, when coach carol and i came together you know he had his win forever mm-hmm. always compete you know those were his two biggest you know um philosophies when we got together and, and mine was um, really it's kind of like you know the, to keep it simple stupid so just plan communicate work mm-hmm. plan communicate work uh, we're not going to outsmart you we're going to outwork you was kind of our deal mm-hmm. but then we looked at it or I looked at it from a uh, like from a fan perspective right so um, what would what would the fans want me to be doing right well they would want us to have a consistent championship caliber football team every year do you want to go through a whole offseason like, you know, rooting for your favorite NFL team and thinking, well, this year they're not going to have a shot, right? Because they lost this guy or they lost that guy. 
My point is it goes really fast because we've always talked about competing at the highest level in every avenue that we possibly can. And, you know, whether that's, you know, uh, with sports science or in, 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 in the kitchen or evaluating and coaching and every, everything in equipment room, uh, player development. And, you know, we've just always said, like, um, it doesn't stop. There's no finish line. And so I think that's why the time's gone really fast because there's there hasn't been like a of course we have our resets mm -hmm. right where you have okay you have to make those really ugly decisions every year on you know salary cap um, issues or descending players and that sort of thing but we've just always competed like every day like it's just the next day like what's next no finish line you guys are perceived that way I mean from outside people look at the Seattle Seahawks and what you and and Pete have done over the years and they marvel in, in many different ways. And that is tough sometimes. Having been in New England, when you win a lot, your expectations are yeah. to win a lot. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're driven to win. I mean, and when you don't, or when you win by fewer points than you really want to win by. Yeah. I experienced that back in, in 07, just before I got the job in Atlanta. And we were beating, remember, that was when yeah, we were beating teams by 30 and 40 right, points. Right. And I started realizing, like, am I am I that guy that wants to, like, rub it in people's faces? Like, that's what <laughs> I started realizing I became addicted to winning. Yeah. That's a, it's a bizarre thing. <clears throat> so, okay, how do you prevent your staff? I'm, I'm talking about not as much your coaches, but the, the personnel staff and your support staff. How do you How do you prevent them from becoming complacent with all of these winning seasons? just that mindset of coming to work every day like what, what what what's my role what am i doing to get better how am i helping the organization mm -hmm. instead of just you know uh, punching a, a clock right you're you're i'm making a difference and i think that um by being open and um as communicative as we are yeah. um in in all departments i think everybody feels like they have a significant role and so there's a there's a, a level of um, you know, self-reflection every day. Like, what am I doing to help out? Are you are you a quick switch guy? I'm not talking about temper, but if you see something within your building where there is complacency, complacency excuse me, or, or water cooler talk about something, are you quick yeah. to move in yourself? Do you delegate that to someone else? Or do you, you kind of float in with your cool personality and say, hey, man, that's, that's just not cool? I'm probably pretty, I'll be sarcastic. Okay. Right? I'll bring in the sarcasm. Yeah. Um, and I can handle, like, I think I can handle everything pretty well, except if somebody's treating some somebody uh, poorly, that's kind of when I lose it, right? That quick switch, you know, like, I can't handle that, you know, like, just treat everybody the way you want to be treated and, you know, um, just because you have this degree or that degree or you work for this team or you work for that team doesn't mean that anybody's better. You know, really, we, it's really like not a, we're not a top down. It's kind of like all these moving pieces, right? And Pete and I are kind of guiding it. Yeah. No, that's what appears again from afar. And, okay. I, and, I, and I love that because I think there's, there's such an important element that needs, I think, to be very consistently, um, sort of set up around the league that way. Because I think, again, I think you know, everyone's individual and they all have their different approaches and everything. Yeah. But I think being able to do that and, and being able to monitor when it's when you really need to step in and be a hard ass and when sarcasm can fly. Yeah. It's having awareness ultimately, right? Right. right. Where, you know, how you approach it. Okay, so. It must be interesting though, like going around talking to all these different guys then and. Yes. Right. 
It is because like it's like a freedom for you, like to just because we don't do this. We don't do it, which yeah. we could, which which is a perfect uh, yeah. another segue, okay. of course. This is when we normally talk about our history together. Okay, cool. Because a lot of the people that I travel around on these on these conversations are, you know, there's a lot of history, and it, it's. I've had a couple of emotional times when I've gotten a chance to really dig into conversations with three and four hours in and having dinner, and I'm thinking, oh man, if we could have only done this while we were GMs. Yeah. Um, but again, heartwarming because but I've had an opportunity. Would there be so competitive? So competitive. And in the league so small. That's exactly right. right. So let's talk a little bit about our history. We yeah. can throw around a story or two or, cool. or not, but the reality is you and I go way back in yeah. this. I value, I've always valued our, yeah. our friendship and our relationship. We've had a lot of fun times and we've, we, we always mix really well by sharing our stories and, yep. and uh, laughed and, you know, we, we took di- some somewhat different routes, sort of like you got into the pro side for a while there. You right. know, and I was doing my College, thing and, yep. but we always, we always came back to having our connection and, and that was so important to me. Right. It no was, doubt. It was one of the things that I valued beyond. And then, you know, every once in a while when, when we're trying to get a hold of each other and we can't, it becomes like, oh man, back in the day, we would have done that. That, right. that wasn't resentful. It was more no. just understanding where we are. Do you remember trying to get me to go snowboarding all the time? <laughs> I do. Okay. I do remember that. I'm like, I'm actually studying the NFL Europe film right now. They won't let me out to go do that, buddy. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a funny thing. I don't know. You know what? But that was a time. Yeah. I was living in Colorado. Right. And uh, unbeknownst to, to most of my bosses, we would, finish, we would finish our season probably middle of November, right, as scouts? Yeah. So you were much more inside. You were doing some pro work. So you were in the building. Right. And I had my, my freedom. Right. So I would get to Boulder and you got to get out here, Johnny. Yeah. Because I would be riding, <laughs> snowboarding, riding yeah. my ass off literally for months because I would just time it. I would get up in the morning and I would get to the oh. mountains. I would get on my snowboard for three or four hours, laps, laps, get some hiking. And I was like buzzed. By the time I got to you, I might have had two or three cups of coffee. I'm on my way home and I'm saying like, are you nuts? Can you not get out of here? But um, to know that I did that and I, I embraced it. It's one of the things I do believe in, right? Yeah. Embracing the journey. Yeah. You know, you've always had that side as well, just to stay in the history here for a minute. Yeah. You have a wonderful wife. You and Tracy, I have such an admire, admirable, excuse me, relationship, the way that you approach things together. Thanks. She's been such yeah. an unbelievable part of yeah. how you guys have, have moved through your career um in our relationship we all we all have right. a great time when we get together and it's, it means a lot to me we got this thanks man i'm yeah. saying appreciate yeah. you we, we we uh admire your new van because we got to see your old van that's right it was 2000 and tracy and i went and met you for dinner at the california pizza company that's right which is closed now sorry okay. otherwise we would have we sat in that parking lot the old yeah. van yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i moved up a little yeah bit. yeah a little it's, bit it's ramped up a little bit but but that was 99 or two no it's 2000 yeah yeah so if you were just to describe your your job your role in a couple sentences or more what, wow what would that be okay so i always tell people just like you know managing in a general fashion right so i would never you're never really Look, coaches go to coaching clinics and seminars and i think they share a lot more information than than uh, we typically do. So I don't think anybody's truly, truly um, prepared uh, for a general manager role, what that means in mm-hmm. to different organizations, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you're not really necessarily um, prepared to have the, you know, 340 pound guy that you're hugging that just 
you know, whose best friend just took his life like the night before a game or, um, you know, on the other extreme, like, uh, you know, having to have to reprimand a player because he's, you know, not picking up his dog crap and at his apartment. Right. And the neighbors are upset or, you know, um, just all of the, uh, the random things that go into it beyond the evaluating of people in general, which, you know, sometimes, you know, I know it's our job, but it, you know, it can, it can be uncomfortable from a, um, like you feel like you're judging people all the time, Oh yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, so I think, you know, whether you're, you know, you're evaluating, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, people in the video on the video staff or the grounds crew or the coaches or the, you know, your own staff, the scouts, uh, everybody. Um, and then what that self-reflection is right every day. Yes. Okay. How do I, am I, am, am I doing a good job? Right. Am I handling, am I keeping up with Pete, for instance, who's 20 years older than me and is like in phenomenal shape and like, yeah. you know, like just has a bundle of energy, right? Just like trying to keep up with him. Um, but yeah, I think just, um, trying to stay positive and keeping, keeping the, keeping the hammer down and just pushing and pushing and pushing in all aspects of everything we're doing. Well, you, you, you made a point there as well. You know, there's an element of us. So yes, those of us who had jobs that were very, uh, all consuming, it wasn't just, we weren't just the personnel GM. Not saying there's anything wrong with that. No. There are some that are sure. GMs that are on the road and they spend a lot of time and that's their world. You are the team builder, evaluator, acquisition person. But if you're in organizations like you are and I was, the expectations were really big as far as, you know, it was it was wide ranging and it was enervating. It became it became complicated. Uh, yet I grew and learned a lot learned a lot, of course, like oh. you did, right? I mean yeah. managing people, managing situations. But I do want to go back to what you said about evaluating because you're doing all that and you have a ton of a ton on your plate. You really just want to get in front of that monitor and watch players at a certain time in a day, right? You're like, all oh. I really want to do is yeah. evaluate. People yeah. used to say the line used to be in in our world, throw a dip in. I never dip. Did yeah. you dip? No. Okay. No. Oh good. No. No dip. So, you know, that's what you want to do. The the really interesting side to evaluation, and I think this is the time to talk about it. You know, those of us who loved doing it and took a lot of pride and thought, you know, quietly we were excellent at what we did. Um, it, it did sort of uh, flow into our lives and you become so you start thinking, man, I blink that I can go into my relationship with Mimi or I can go into my kids relationship or the, 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 the person at the grocery store. Like I have it figured out. That's a complicated thing when yeah. everything you're doing is. Your mind is an evalu evaluation mind, at least in our world. Uh, why, why is that? It, it's a really, it was an odd thing for me because that did become enervating at times where I just wanted to stop my mind a little bit. Yeah. And has know, that changed now? Or do you, do you feel, do you feel like a, not necessarily a freedom, but like, it's a good, like question. a, um, like a lift. It, it is a lift. I mean, I would say I, yeah, I think I still have that. I never want to lose it. Right. It's, yeah. it's what made me sharp. It's what made me uh, adept at what I did. Not only I think as an evaluator, but right. also as a manager. And so, yeah, I think if I know that I'll never lose that, it's like those, those guys that are fighters, right. And they haven't fought in 30 years or 20 years. They worry 
the Jay Glazers of the world. Yeah. They worry someone pushes them and they haven't fought for a while. That they're, are they going to be able to respond? Yeah. Or are they going to be that owner that has five bodyguards around them that they think, I just need someone else to help me? Yeah. So I think I am enjoying the ride, literally and figuratively speaking. Yeah, really. Um, and I am calming down on that a little bit, but yeah. I think it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a hard, that's a, that's a, um, that's the hardest part, I think, you know, is really um, that, you know, you, where you, again, where you feel like you're, feel like you're just judging people all yeah. the time, you know? Yes. And it's like, geez, yes, that's take a break from it, you know what I mean? Like, that's right. You know, but there is, there is, there is, there is no break because you're, it's, it's always about the organization and where's the organization moving and who's getting heavier yes, right. and who's, who's, who's getting lighter, who's lightening the load. That's right. You have, speaking of, you know, relationships and, you know, kind of what we're talking about, evaluating and, and, and looking at how things are playing out within your organization, which is where I want to go next. Yeah. You have, a, again, like you do with Tracy, as far as relationships with your head coach, Pete Carroll, who's one of the very best in the league and most accomplished over these years. And it's, it's been fun watching that from afar. I take a lot of pride in both of my relationships, one with Mike Smith yep. and one with a good friend of yours, Dan yep. Quinn. I, yeah, I cool. loved both of the relationships. They, of course, had their challenges like anything. Right. Talk to us about how you manage and, and thrive in a relationship with such a strong personality and an energetic personality as, as you do with Pete Carroll. Wow, that's really good. Uh, you know, I think I think really I was... Where Tracy, Tracy and I were, were blessed at that time, you know, the timing of everything. We had worked out here before in 2000 um, and then went to work with Marty Schottenheimer in, in Washington and then back to Green Bay for a number of years. Um, and then, you know, Pete had gone through that period where he was out of the league and spending time with Coach Wooden and figuring out who he was at his core. And so when we got together, he was like, you know, I want to, I want to have say into who the general manager is going to be. I want to have, you know, I have strong opinions. I want to have input into what I'm doing. The previous places he had worked at in the NFL, he didn't feel like that. And then they had so much success at SC after he like, okay, who am I? He's like, okay, I'm a competitor. He learned that, you know, and he's again, spent mm -hmm. time with coach Wood and really like honed himself in and then they, you saw all the success that they had at SC and all the number one draft picks. When we got together, he was basically like, you know, I want this to be, I want this to be the, the, the best marriage that it can be, right? So, you know what that's like, right? I mean, marriage is a everyday, there's an everyday negotiation. And so we have our, we have our periods where, you know, we, we just, we try to have fun, A, because we're gonna be working our tails off no matter what. And then, um, you know, not let people necessarily see like, you know, the the conflict and kind of, you know, we can keep it separate. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're just both like or like minded in the fact that like, okay, what 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 are we what are we doing to get better? So, like in tracing those, it's like if I go on a vacation or something, I'm just like. What what are, we, what, are we, what are we doing today? And Pete's like the same way. He goes to he goes to Hawaii and he's like, you know, calling me at like seven o'clock in the morning, and I'll be like, what what time is it there, bro? <laughs> you know. But no, really with Pete, he's been he's 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 really been. Um, he I caught him at this really cool time in his in in his life post 
SC. It had happened before SC, but like really into the leadership, really into who he was. Um, and that, that helped me where I was in, in, in my, in my career too. Right. Like, wow, I can just, I'm just gonna, just gonna be myself. Yeah. Like, I, I finally had this opportunity. I'm gonna do it. Like, do it your way. Do yep. it your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah look, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. again, I love that. And I, and I, you were talking about Pete when he was out for a bit. Yeah. And, and the people that have told me during this time, you yeah. know, really, you know, take your time, the introspective time that is so important. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Back to finding yourself, because look, we all know we're very different than we were when we were 28, 25, when we first got in. 35 in the middle of it all, 45 when we're rising fast, we're GMs and there's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, and, and where I am now at 54, which I can't believe that. Yeah. I got this job when I was 40, yeah. <laughs> or that former job right. when I was 40, and all of a sudden I'm 54. You know, no, it, yeah, that's it a, it's a crazy, f I mean, everyone knows that things fly, but yeah. I've, I've often asked people, tell me your mantra when I interview them. Do you have a mantra? These are the 25-year-olds versus the 35 and 40-year-olds okay, yeah, yeah. versus the 54-year-old because our mantras change and what's kind of guiding us and our maybe mission statements are adjusted. And I think that that comes to, to me, it comes to me something I've thought a lot about and that's an awareness, right? It's an awareness sure. of where you are. And I think this time has been important. I would I'll say bet. if I, if I I'll look bet. back, the one thing I will share too, John, is the last two years, I got to a spot where I was thinking a lot more about legacy and I was thinking a lot more about mentoring. And those were Ooh, really, cool. really important for me. Yeah. And that's why, honestly, yes, it was tough getting fired, meaning I didn't expect it to happen. We go into that another time. Um, but when it happened, I stepped back and those were some of the things that I was going to miss. Of course, I was going to miss the team building and putting together, hopefully, a championship caliber yeah. football team because right. I loved that. But the idea of thinking that I was going to continue to help some of these rising younger executives yeah. or the underrepresented, which we'll talk about you know, yeah. a little bit later, yeah. I was excited about that. And then all of a sudden it I'll stopped. Yeah. And so this idea of moving around the country and visiting with other general managers and yeah. really digging in and thinking about it is going to be important for my growth. No, um, that's cool. So 
I get it. As GMs, yeah. we've had a lot of hits and we've had a lot of misses, right? Yeah. That's just, that's the way it is. It's not a perfect science. Um, you have had, had a lot of hits and a lot of really cool moves. I think about some of mine that were really good and I think about the others that were challenging and I've talked about them in other, you know, other conversations and we don't need to get into specific names right now. It's not, it's not important um, as much as when you do have those misses, yeah. um, whether they're acquisition misses or whether they're, they're, they're decisions made within the organization that were you know, mainly your decisions, yours and Pete's, of course, because yeah. just like Dan and I and Smitty and I, yeah. we always, we, we claimed every big decision that they were, they were both of ours. Right. But when you have those, how do you share with your rank order and your mid-management group by, again, keeping their morale up? Do you communicate? Are you a transparent decision maker? Meaning, yeah. are you sharing? Do you sit down and say, look, I know that didn't go well. Do you share that with one or two people that are really close to you so you help them grow? Very quickly, before, when I first got into this, I used to sit Les Sneed yep. and Dave Caldwell, formerly yeah. of the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars, and Les, of course, with LA. I would sit down with them. I never bothered sharing with them the good things that were happening. I just said, and it wasn't, it wasn't like stress the negativity at all, yeah. stressing the negativity. It was more, I want to share with you guys what I just honestly fucked up, and you can blank that out, because that's what it was. <laughs> I, I literally, I wanted to say, look, I messed that up. I yeah. would never do that again, and this is why. And, yeah. and I thought that was the most helpful for them. So what, yeah. what is your stance yeah. on that? No, it's cool because I, I'm very transparent. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where I, I, want, I want them, you know, the staff shielded from specific things that we have going on mm-hmm. that I don't, wanna, I don't want them to, you know, bear the burden yes. of. Um, I feel like that's, there's certain, you know, you know part of the aspect of leadership where you're not necessarily putting that on somebody else, uh, but I want all like uh, you know, and I'll just take uh, my immediate staff, like you're talking about, Dave and Les. Mm-hmm. When those guys are, you know, so for instance, like in our draft meetings, you know, when we're going through everybody, I'll, you know, we're watching film and I'll be looking at stuff and I'll be like looking at my notes and I'm like, geez, and then I'm I'm like looking at our grades and I'm like. You know, I'll have like a really high grade on a guy and everybody can see the grades on the screen, right? So, you know, I'm kind of like, <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. I'm looking at I know my exactly. stuff and yeah. I'm looking at where watchers studying this guy and I'm like, was I watching the wrong guy or something? Yes. So I always joke with those guys like, well, that was, must have been a hell of a day for me when I was at Madison. Coming out. You know? I love that. No, no, I love so, that. So I'm like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, and, and that may, puts everybody else at ease because like I said, we don't, right. we don't feel like we have all the answers until, no. you know, we lock that door for the draft. And, mm. and then from, you know, like the bigger trades we've made, you know, we traded for an individual and made him the highest paid player on our team. And I would, and I would, I would never, ever do that again. Um, um, n- just didn't know it philosophically at the time when I, what we were doing. Like, yeah. I mean, we knew what we were doing, but not, it, 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 we should have known better. So let me ask you to that point without going into details again. When I look back on the majority of mistakes I've I've made, John, over those years, most of them were driven towards like excessive need or the the want to sort of accomplish the idea of taking care of that need. And they two of them that are on my mind right now, and I'll mention them. It was Vic Beasley, unfortunately, and Vic did some really good things, of course won the sack title in 16 and then plummeted and then just disappeared. 
Another one was another defensive end who I thought was, you know, really good. And they, it's, it's interesting that they both ended up being defensive ends, right? And because need... Pass rushers, right? Pass yep. rushers, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because the need was there. And I realized... And then I start looking back and I'm thinking, any, any of them, not even the first rounders, but a number of those mid-round guys and late-round guys that we were pressing, ah, we just... We needed that speed or that athleticism. or We needed that power guy, and we pressed. Those are the ones oftentimes that, you know, we saw other things that weren't that good, but we pressed because they had one or two or three traits that we thought were going to be beneficial. Yeah. And they ended up falling by the wayside. And I hated that because deep down I knew, what are we doing here? This guy is, A, um, not a, a worker. He's had injuries. He's older. And, you know, he's really not that football smart. I mean, that's a tough tough deal to go into but yeah. he runs fast he can get around the corner and uh man that's what we need yeah so like recognizing that right and then being able to talk to your talk to your staff about it because yeah. they're the first ones that are gonna like if you know about it they know about it mm -hmm. right that's right. and uh um mm -hmm. you know what 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 do you, what are we doing to help the staff know that whether it's you know the coaches and the personnel guys like hey we're not we're not going to make that mistake again you know, we've we've passed on, um, and I'll say this: like I think, you know, studying the person this year, we only had three picks, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, okay, we got to nail the people, guys, like because, mm -hmm. you know, I personally didn't think it was going to be, you know, with COVID and everything. I thought the draft was going to be just all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. And we weren't going to have the tools that we've had in the past, so I knew we weren't going to be moving around necessarily because our board didn't look that great. So the person, right, like really got into that, guys. We got to know who the person is. And in the past, to your point, we've, you know, taken the talent mm -hmm. over the core. Like who is, the, who, who is the guy? Who's the person? And that's kind of, you know, not kind of. That's what we try to keep coming back to. Yeah, but he's 426. Uh, no question. Yeah, I'm right? with you. Yeah. I'm with you. But is he going to be there every day? Well, this is my this is my chance. Is he going to show up? This is my chance to throw in a little bit of a friendly dig to our our uh, contemporaries, not our contemporaries. Sorry, the the coaching staff. I'm not talking about the heads. I'm talking about that happens often with sure. coaches. The reality is they're they're thinking much more myopically than we are, right? So we're thinking five years down the road. You have a coach, DB coach, or the linebacker coach, or receiver coach. We they they know we need, and they're like, ah, oh, he's good. He's really good. He's fine. We're good. I, I spent two minutes with him at his school. He's ready to go. I'm thinking, wait a minute, two minutes? No, yeah. But I get yeah. your point about people. Here's what's really interesting. Not only the group that I've already interviewed with most recently, but the group, um, probably our, our age group GMs, okay. more and more, and, and without mentioning names, because you know, they're all our buddies, whether it's Howie Roseman or whoever else it is around, yeah. guys we've had a lot of fun with and who yeah. are who are pretty upbeat, you know, uh, excitable, you know, when things go awry. I mean, it's kind of people continue to say to me, I am done with trying to, to go after that guy who has A, B, and C, and X, Y, and Z as far as movement and talent, but aren't the people that we're looking for, don't yeah. have the core, don't have the team makeup that Pete Carroll is looking for, or past Dan Quinn or someone. Yeah, right. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're literally, you know, you're, you're just – you're chasing your tail. And yeah. I think more and more I hear that. I don't hear it from the first, second, fourth year GM. I'm hearing from the double digit GMs who are like, I am so over this. So, <laughs> so yeah, I so find we, that. You know, we passed, 
and you know competitions the you know the theme what you went through all the stuff that dan had right yes the exact same right. thing competition is the primary theme of our, our mm -hmm. operation right yeah and we passed i can't give you the year <laughs> sorry <laughs> um but we passed on the guy that we we felt was the most competitive player in the draft you know and we passed on him for hey we're going to take a guy and this is how we're going to use him and it's going to be unbelievable to your point mm -hmm. you know this is how we're going to use him john and I'm like, wow, that sounds phenomenal. But we're not taking the guy that we yeah. think is. So, you know, I had these whispers, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, hey, all right, well, shoot, we can have that player and that player on the field at the same time. That's going to be amazing. Well, you know, getting back to like showing up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, who's going to show up? So, you know, the guy that is what everybody is viewed in that room as the top competitor in his position in the draft. We passed on, and now we get to a point where, to your point, like I'm, we're never, we're never doing that again. Nope. No. Nope. Sometimes he runs four one three. If he runs a four, but yeah. sometimes it, it it helps when it's on your watch, right? I remember with Dan, Quinn, and I, we used to talk about this all the time, and I would I would start talking a little bit about my time with Smitty and and all due respect to Mike Smith and and to Dan Quinn. Yeah. Dan was hey, I appreciate that this is a new regime and it wasn't like we were dwelling on it, but I was trying to use my history Yeah, right. because I had been there seven years prior than, than before Dan got there. Right. Once they started happening on my and Dan's clock together, it meant that much more. It was like, sure. I get it. That happened. So that's where I continue to think about experiences with, you know, I, again, you could roll into the whole idea of longevity and the teams that have really good systems in place may have some up and downs, you know, there, there are organizations out there without mentioning them who, you know, have had three losing seasons. They've kept their people, head coaches for sure, and general managers, and they've gotten through those tough spots and they've learned. Right. And there's something about learning, right? That, that matches totally. nothing else. The experience that we have, right. you know, you're exponentially better as a GM now than you were in those first three years. Oh, shoot. Right. I well, mean, I mean, yeah, Tom, I almost, almost called you Tommy. Sorry. You can call uh, <laughs> me anything you want today. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, if you if you remember, I mean, like, so I was 28, 29 years old and, you know, was supposed to be, a, you know, like I went to Washington basically with Marty Schottenheimer and, yeah. you know, like guns blazing, yes. got all the answers, right? I get it. Yeah. Wow. Wasn't even close. Like, you know, I look at that person at that age what you're saying is you were perceived as young up-and-coming oh, stud God. in this business you're trying to be humble but that's what you no i get that i remember that okay it was like yeah and, and all of a sudden you you start lifting other people and you're like yeah i got this man i totally got this <laughs> confidence was high yeah but i can't imagine like back then like i was not prepared like you know mm. like anywhere near you know the way i was so yeah. to get fired and then like pick yourself back up like you know mm -hmm. okay who am i yes where are we going so as a gm we've shared again our fair share of controversies within the organization again they could be acquisition related they could be um they could be outspoken players within your organization now <laughs> <laughs> mentioning names again my god i know that the, 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 the listeners are going to want to know like yeah. what are these names you keep talking about <laughs> Yeah. But bigger picture, yeah. because this I continue to say, like, I have this goal for this to, like, go global. 
And, you know, people over there all over the world don't necessarily know every player on your roster, so sure. we don't need to go there. Bigger picture, however. Yeah. How do, do you think you have a, a really good knack, you and, and Pete, to navigate the controversies that may you know, circulate around your organization at times? I would say I would say that everyone's totally different, but yeah, like yeah. every situation is so completely different, and you know, um, there's a lot of times where you know you can use you know your past experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So, God rest his soul. I I I, um, I tell people all the time I'm gonna go. I think I'm going Ted Thompson on this one, you know. I see. Which means like you're just gonna be quiet, stoic not say a word, mm-hmm. just gonna let it go. Or, you know what, I'm gonna go Ron Wolf on this one and just let it rip, <laughs> you know? And just like, okay, this is the way it is, and you know. Um, Two amazing people, by the way. Yeah, I so mean, like, yeah. How, how you, Yeah. so my point is like, you know, navigating, you know, we've had stuff, you know, in the past, out in the media, and, and I would say, you know, um, uh, I do lean on Pete a ton with that because you know, he is, you know, the, the head coach and the quarterback are the two most important people in the building, in my opinion. That's just, you know, philosophically, like those those guys, you know, they are, they're out in front of the team every single day. You and I don't have to do it. You know, we can do our jobs. We have to do our jobs kind of behind closed doors. But, you know, those guys, th- those guys, so I do lean on Pete a lot for, um, you know, when you have the controversy. And I'll say this, when when, you know, we went to, um, you know, those back-to-back Super Bowls and, you know, won the first one, you know, the second one will go down as probably one of the most controversial losses, right? And, 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 um, and the way Pete handled the team was amazing that year to get back to the divisional round after that because the team was so fractured. And people um, wanted people from, you know, um, within the organization, outside the organization, they want you to fail, right? And so, yes, right. I don't know if you remember this, but we had like monster articles, you know, 10 page, you know, Wall Street Journal basically, like articles written about like, you know, I can't find players, Pete can't coach, um, you know, uh, the quarterback doesn't do this, uh, you know, the corner doesn't do this, like just people like trying to peck away, peck away, peck away, but we just like, stayed in our avenue didn't respond you know we just like we're just like okay it's gonna make us stronger and that's where i would say um where pete is so amazing is that like he can just you know like there's times i'll come into work where we've had just crazy stuff happen the night before you know and i'm like you know thinking about our time and he's like hey good morning johnny you know and i'm like <laughs> what about yeah. What about what we just happened last night? Everything? Are you you are we, you, you okay? You good? <laughs> and be like, yeah, we got this, man. This is fun. Let's roll. Yeah, that's you know? that's impressive. <laughs> Let's right? roll. Yeah, that's so, that's impressive. That's impressive. But he's he's and I mean he's you know he's he's just you know he's he's just a positive guy. He's always like, yeah, you know, something positive. I always think something positive like is going to happen around the corner every ten minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. And that's where our marriage is different, right? Because um, he's always like, oh, don't be going too Catholic on me now. You know, because I'm like, yes. like my, what drives me is the worry of us not doing enough. Where he's like, oh my God, we're gonna be great. We got this. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. Do you think that a head coach, even though you are responsible for bringing in the 90 and the acquisition side of the world, you know, of course, Pete is involved and wants to be involved. That's yeah. very a, a, appropriate and, and, and applicable to our conversation. Yeah. Dan Quinn was the same way. I mean, he, was, he, he came in and he was very understanding and open to learning more about the positions he hadn't studied, you know, as a D coordinator. Yeah. And I always thought, I've always thought this, that if you have that head coach, even though he's relying on you to, to pull that team together for the most part, do you think they should have, um, I hate final say on that. So if, if someone is a quarterback background head coach, i.e. Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. should he have final say over that position more than John Lynch and the GM? I think, I think it's just natural to lean on that, right? I mean, you're kind of silly n- not to. Right. So, like, you know, you can't let your ego be the enemy, right? Okay, so, no, just, yeah, just, just that thought that, okay, okay, Pete's coached, you know, um, Aaron Glenn and 
and uh, Carl Lee and, you know, like, I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna defer at, at, a, at a certain point, like, you know, unless I'm really dug in, like, hey, no, like, the, the cool thing about us is that we always go back. Yeah. Like, we joke about it, like, hey, I went back and did another study, you know, like, it, he jokes with me that now he's like, hey, Johnny, I went back and did another study, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, man, I, I don't know if we got this one right, and I'm like, okay, how many studies are we going to do of this guy? <laughs> but no, but like we, we will go back and watch it together and be like, and then come away from it like, hey, you know, we just we just saw the same thing, right? Yeah. So well, I think that's all about the partnership, and this comes back to something I believe. I mean, in this league, there's no way you're surviving without a GM and head coaching relationship that yeah. that, that is thriving right. and understand it. And you know, it's it's there's a mutual understanding. Uh, and a respect for your trade and you respecting his trade at the core. Um, you know, look, they're, they're, and I think a lot of people don't know this. They just assume that a GM who's you know responsible for acquisitions and the head coach who's responsible, I'm generalizing here, to coach the team, that the GM's going to say, no, boom, this is what we're doing. This is ridiculous. That is, that is ridiculous, first of all. And it doesn't really matter who has final football say or not. It, I, in, in any of my time with Smitty, and, and Dan, I never was trying to force feed. I would be, if I felt very strongly about a player, sure. no question, I would continue to you know, either bring vids into it or nowadays we are, we're so much more advanced on the analytics side that yeah. can supplement, right. you know, supplement that, that, that coach who might say, no, well, I'm just feeling it in my gut. And I'm like, well, your gut's great. I appreciate it. But the reality is <laughs> here's 20 different you know, elements here from an analytics perspective that yeah. is saying otherwise. Can we please revisit? Yeah. And I think that's where our league is evolving too. I love that about our league, totally. that there is a good f form of communication and most people believe that is important. I had one and I won't, I, I won't necessarily go into detail, but I had an executive, a former executive say, Thomas, you need to have a massive amount of contention between yourself and your head coach to get things done. Uh, never, I would never agree to that. I know no, you don't agree No, that. no. Yeah. And I've worked with, you know, shoot, I mean, you know, watching Coach Holmgren and, and Rom was pretty, that was pretty cool, right? Yes. And then going and work directly with Marty Schottenheimer, right? Like, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I was playing with Star Wars action figures when <laughs> he was coaching the Cleveland Browns, yes. you know what I mean? Yes. And here I am having an argument with him. And, and when we were in Washington, you know, he, he, mm -hmm. he, he, the funny story, he came to my door, God rest his soul. I, yes. I miss him. And, um, but uh, he came to my door one day and he was like, hey, kid. And he knocked on the door. He knocked on the door. He's like, hey, kid. It's like 10 o'clock. I wanted to claim somebody. And, you know, um, we were kind of, we were arguing about it a bunch throughout the day. And um, and uh, he knocked on my door. He's like, hey, kid, guess what? I'm like, what? And he's like, we're not going to claim. I'm like, oh, why? I don't know. He goes, how do you say it? He goes, uh, hey, kid, we're not going to claim that guy. And I'm like, really? Really? He's like, yeah, you want to know why? He's like, says it in my contract. Have a good night. <laughs> Takes off. I'm the I'm guy. Like, I'm the dude. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're not claiming so, them. That's so at cool. that point, you knew, yeah, that's a, that's what a good good example. Yeah. And, you know, which is, we've talked about this, and, and I, I don't know, they probably won't use this again because I've yeah. already talked about it. Yeah. I used to look at that relationship between A.J. Smith and Marty Schottenheimer, two amazing football people yeah. who were always at loggerheads. And they were both really good football people when they were at San Diego. And yeah. I thought, 
I never want to have that. I want to have the best relationship, albeit, you know, there's going to be discussions and debate, which yeah. is healthy, but the respect that you're not going down one end of the hall and someone's going the other and they're avoiding. Yeah. I, I would want nothing to that's do with creepy, that. Right. It's, it is, that's a perfect, perfect definition. Yeah. It yep. is creepy. Yep. Look, if you could share one thing with the rising executives, one thing that you would have done differently, these can be more quick hitters, that you would have done differently before you got to the NFL. I'm talking about in your formative years or all the way through college. What would that be? Well, it's so different now, right? Like, you know, we get these resumes where guys have their masters in sports administration and that really didn't exist when when we were coming out, right? So what's gonna what's gonna separate you gotta think about what's gonna sep I would okay, here you go. What's gonna separate you from the next guy? Mm -hmm. Right? Um you know, uh like we said, like nobody's training us to do this. Now, what we do have going on is like, you know, these bigger organizations now, uh, Ohio State and, and the Alabamas and the Clemsons have their own personnel department, right? Oh. So you can go there and like guys could come out of that. But like, what is really, what can you take to Thomas Dimitrov to tell him, to show him that you're different mm -hmm. and that you're going to make it, you're going to make a difference for the organization and that you're, you're going to be, you're going to bring it every day and you're going to be special. Did you, so to that point, did you do, would you have done more of differentiating yourself from people during those years? And I know that's a tough one because I would ask you, would you have gone to a different school? Would you have studied something different? Maybe that's what you're alluding to, you know, which is a, is a, is, is kind of my next question. If you're talking about that middle management group within your organization. So, yeah. So the, to, to, to your point, my son, Jack wants to, you, well, I want to do what you do. I'm like, well, that, that, that's great. So yeah, now you can go to those schools. All right, we'll start looking at the schools that have, you know, big personnel apartments, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully you can get hooked up in there, you know, and, and but you got to like work your tail off. You got to, you know, mine was, mine was really like, you know, I'm just going to pray my, my butt off and I'm going to work my butt off. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Like the two gifts, you know, that, um, you know, my two best gifts, my, my folks gave me, right? Like work ethic and, and faith. And so, yeah, I was like, that was, that was back then, <laughs> you know, your question about middle management was what, what would you do different? Well, I mean, middle management more is, okay, you have people within your group that you think this, this, this person might have a chance to be a senior level executive and maybe run the organization as a, as a GM yeah. uh, president, whatever the, the En Vogue um, titles are now that you all have. Yeah. I never could get Rich McKay to give me a VP of something. Like, my God, wasn't that difficult, Rich? I mean, you know, uh, you already had the CEO title. Uh, anyway, yeah. all joking aside, Rich, you're, you're a good guy. Thanks for giving me everything you've given me. No, I, I think the middle management group, right? Like, okay, now, I love that because I'm a big believer in, again, differentiating. I've always said to people, you, you know, when you're going, when you're going for that interview or we're, when you're trying to impress upon me as a general manager, there has to be something that separates you. The caveat, however, is you can't be the non-team player. That's complicated. Yeah. You can't be the guy that's thumping or gal who's thumping their chest, doing whatever and trying to, to get to that job circuitously right and doing things behind people's backs right you have to be you have to be the team player right but you have to differentiate that's complicated right 
That's complicated. But I think what's what's happened to us and and why more of our guys haven't moved on quicker uh, is is because when they go for an interview, they don't have that just one expertise because mm -hmm. we share everything. College scouting, pro scouting, you know, mm -hmm. everybody, everything's kind of mixed in there. Now Dan Morgan moved on, uh, Fitz moved on, Ed Dodds, you know, some guys. Have, but when uh, like Trent Kirshner and 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 Fit were going for these interviews, it was like, well, they're like, well, what do you, you know, an owner would say, well, well what's your, you know, Mr. Tepper called me and he's like, well, but this guy's really a college guy, right? Like, well, he, he tells me he's involved with everything. You know, is that is that true? He's got an edge to him. He's pretty funny. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> but, of that. Yes, yes. But um, and I'm like, yeah, he's. He's, he's involved in everything. He doesn't have one specific expertise. You do you want a general manager who has just one? Just you, you're going to hire an evaluator, or you're going to hire somebody who's going to be able to handle a number of different things. And Scott's going to be a really calm, uh, thoughtful decision maker. He's not, you know. Mm -hmm. And you have that mix of people, but you know, um, for a while there, like, you know, Trent was just doing co uh, pro scouting. Fit was just doing college scouting. And then we ended up like just mixing it. And that's when I kind of opened more stuff up mm. to try to help those guys. But everybody in our staff, you, you want them to um, have those goals to be a, a general manager, right? To, or like your coaching staff, like to be a head coach. Yeah. That's maybe where that complacency part comes in. And it's like, they're not complacent. They want to learn, you know, this time of the year when you're doing job reviews and everything, right? Yes. New, new contracts for everybody. Mm -hmm. They all want more, which is cool. Like, I want more responsibility. Awesome. Well, I love that. I mean, back in the day, you know, way back, I mean, we were, we would think, okay, I want to be the best personnel director ever. Talk more and more about it. I would ask that over the last few years around the table again, and everyone would put double hands up when I ask who wants to be a GM. They all think now because they look at yeah. John Snyder yeah. and they're like, man, this guy's got, this guy's got personnel background, and that's, that's yeah. I mean, that's what I want to be like. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, you know, as you recall, those old days when you'd have executives come through, hired the personnel directors, didn't have the background that we had. Yeah. You know, that's changed. There's a couple here and there, of yeah. course. But everyone's looking at you. They're looking at people who have that background in personnel. And they're, they're like, man, I, I want to learn as much as I can and have that opportunity to, yeah. to do yeah. that. Thomas, my, my background was so random and I was so blessed because, you know, Ron Wolf and, and Ted Thompson loved to get out and scout. Right. So here I was at, you know, 22, 20, 22, 20, yeah, 23 years old. And I'm the only one in the office with Coach Holmgren. It's big. Who's, yeah. a, who's a pretty intimidating yes. dude, right? Yes. You know, and managing doctors and setting up workouts and doing all that kind of stuff. So I always tell they're always like, well, how did you get? Well, I'm like, I was just honestly, the timing of it was crazy. They both loved to get out and scout and they'd call in and coach on me and chew my ass and you know it's great so you you we actually and, joke about that he, <laughs> lives, he lives in town and we always joke about this player he's still that, in town okay yeah he yeah. brought in and he's like you know hey we you know ron had left and ron, and so i brought the player in and the guy totally screwed up practice and hit brett Favre and stuff you know <laughs> it's one of those yes. oh man that, that yeah. was yeah, yeah i just got he just got all over me if you get an inch close to to Brett Favre or those, yeah, that, those old, those old school yeah, coaches, yeah. man, they, they would, they would rip them. Boy, and I come up to his belly button too, right? So he's just standing over me, <laughs> just getting on me, right? You know, in front of the whole team, just, you know, who brought this guy in here? 
you I want to see you after practice yeah. you're like you know oh, we it. can do it we can do it right here <laughs> so like okay uh here's another thing uh, Sorry, I mean, it's no right. no that's good you've been a significant part of the gmac general managers advisory committee for a number of years yeah. you and i had a, a great opportunity to spend a lot of time during that and I categorize you as being thoughtfully opinionated. Another really semantically responsible <laughs> the, uh, delivery here. But yeah. you, that, that that's is... what you were. And everyone wanted to hear what you had to say. And uh, even if you were driving, because you, you were driving more times than not when we were on those calls. There's a couple of them, yeah. No, yeah. probably not. I'm not no, exaggerating. No, I, te- I think I texted you a couple of times like, hey, <laughs> let them know I'm driving yes. right now. So yes. I'm got, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes exactly. And we would, by the way, I, mean, I remember those, some of those texts when every once in a while we... we John had, says... Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was that. Yeah, I know. But then there were some other ones that, you know, it's just the way that that worked. It was a, it's a really important committee for the yeah. league. I'm, it's, yep. I'm, I'm blessed that, uh, you know, uh, and, and feel very proud that I was a part of it. And I'm yep. sure you are. Yeah. I believe that general managers have a really important uh, place in sort of policy and procedures in this league. And we shouldn't in any way be um, marginalized. Uh, I'm not saying that GMs are. But to prevent that from happening, what do you think the general manager's role is versus a head coach and or an owner or a president? Do you think that GM should have a really important part in the league and a say in the league outside? You know, when we're at those big boy meetings and there's a lot going on, there's a lot of big time egos there and a lot of intelligence do you think that GM should be able to get up there and, and get on that that microphone right right next to your head coach? He does a yeah. great job, and he he'll the, he'll the make microphone, us, the microphone's right over by us. Yeah, too, it's right? right near you. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you think that we that's our place, your place now? I do, I do. You know, because I think that again, we're we're studying everybody, right? You're leading up, you're leading down, you're leading across, you're mm. you're you're. Um, you're not necessarily managing the head coach, but you're, you know, in lockstep with the head coach. So you're, you're understanding what's, what, what they're, what he's thinking and, um, you know, what's worked and hasn't worked. Um, and then, you know, leading up, right. Um, you know, leading up, you know, with, you know, um, the different, all the different personalities. Um, like I told you earlier, working with, working for Mr. Allen was, you know, it was pretty intense. He wasn't really involved in the league. So he, He'd, but he'd want to know exactly what was going on, so he wouldn't—he wouldn't necessarily go to the league meetings, is what I meant. So, but I think—I think, yeah, I think it's—I think it's important. Um, I will say this: that you know, I think, you know, uh, the head coaches again are out there so much, you know, and you know, in the media and mm-hmm. on TV and in front of the players and all, all the time, and you know, the owners are—it's—it's it's their deal, right? So, yeah. um, I guess my my point would be there's. It's one of the reasons uh, that I wanted to do these conversations across the country. There is so much intelligence and insight from the general managers in this league that I personally don't believe is tapped into enough. That's me saying it. You don't have to agree to that or disagree. I believe that. There are some, there are some really, really intelligent people oh, in that role. No that, and I know by, you know, look, a general manager shouldn't be out there as much as a head coach or right. an owner. I get that yeah, right. 100%. Right. But make sure if, again, this is my own, uh, again, not proselytizing to owners, but this is my own belief. Make sure that you're really tapping into your, your general manager's intelligence and their perspective because sure. they have a different perspective than the, than the president or the head coach. 
uh, or the CEO or the business. Like, there's a lot of information there that I think can be no doubt. Yeah. And we're like this too, right? Like, yes, you, you're kind of you get yes, you get tugged in so many different directions, right? So which is which? And knowing knowing like that the right. football organization, right? And that's you know the football organization is going to be yeah. you know selling tickets. That's right. Jerseys, right? So. Yeah. Where is your stance on emerging technology slash analytics slash the evolution of our league in general? Do you like where we're headed? Are you, and I'll fold the next question in, what is your biggest fear for the NFL? So those are, that's a two-part question. Yeah, I'm all for it from a, from a competitive standpoint and making sure that you know, the game is the best it could possibly be, whether that be, be uh, on the field or acquisition. Um, what I don't personally don't want to have happen is what we've seen with Major League Baseball with the shifts, right? Mm. You kind of now you kind of go to a game and like you know the, the the second baseman's in the middle of you know right field or whatever. So yeah, you know it's kind of uh, you know I I think we got to be careful not to take it to a certain level like that. Like I think again whatever we can do to, to maximize the sport for the fans, awesome. I don't know how the gambling part comes in yet, right? Like, what's yeah. that going to look like? You know, with people on their phones at the game, are they going to be watching the game? Are they going to be watching, you know, just like, you know, their, their phones or, you know, what, what's, what's that going to look like? Because there's nothing like a game day experience, mm -hmm. you know, nothing like going to you know, the college games we go to, like, pretty cool, you know? Um, it's, it's cool. And, and that's, so I don't want to lose that. You don't want to me, lose that's that. the most important yeah. thing. Like, you want, yeah, yeah. do you want, you know, should a fan be able to like get on the phone or whatever and, you know, order a beer and a hot dog and, you know, a broth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I use a broth. I that. use broth. Yeah. You use broth. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, okay, yeah. I wonder what that broth, <laughs> I haven't had that in a while, but, but, um, yeah. no, but I think, you know, it's advanced, you know, the, um, for us, it's basically with acquisition, it's basically like a, um, a balance. Like, is there something we're not seeing here? Yeah, no, like I remember, you know, studying a, 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 a back and, he, you know, I was like, man, he's just got these big lanes. He's not really, you know, he's not, it, it just seems like he's a, like you and I would refer to him as just a lane runner, right? Like he's a one cut crease guy, right? Yeah. And, uh, and our analytics guys were like, well, actually, you know, he uses the number one back in the country for yards after contact behind the line of scrimmage. And I was like, no way. Again, looking through my stuff, like really, <laughs> you know, and um, but sure enough, like going back and studying it, you know, you're like, okay, that that's that's legit, and now we can pull those things up. Yes, you know, like you just go right to it on the computer, right, and you know, sort through it and everything, right? Like, okay, let's watch this guy behind the line of scrimmage after every time he, you know, or what's he like every time he gets gets hit behind the line of scrimmage. I would never. I would not. I. I, I truly believe this. I would not have a job in the NFL today, if it wasn't for you know like with, with this technology right oh, now. Because right. I sat there and made these cutups for for yes. uh, Wolf. Like, hey, why don't you? Can you get me every target that, the, yeah. that this guy had so that he could just grab the tape and watch it? Uh -huh. Wasn't wasting his time going through every single game. And I would spend hours. Gruden would do. John Gruden was doing that for Coach Homer, and we'd bring these tapes into uh, the video department, poor guys, you know, they'd have those stacks of paper, right? And you'd give them that and yeah. they'd sit there and then they'd have to sit there and go, click, yes. make the tapes, yes. right? Oh yeah. Now it's like, I literally did that for Ron, like maybe about a month ago, we were talking and I'm like, check this out. I'm gonna pull up every deep ball thrown on this corner I'm watching right now. And I'm like, watch, 
And I'm like, I'm going to hit enter right now. <laughs> and I went and the thing goes, you know, like goes on yes. through. That's, that's amazing. Eight seconds. There it is. He's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> There's no effing way you could do that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, you wouldn't have hired me. <laughs> it is, I made it, all these tapes for you. It's, like, it's amazing. It is really amazing. Yeah. But no, look, I mean, I love that being able to supplement where our world is and what your art is and what your your traits are and what your, you know, your genius is to be able to supplement that would only, I think, continue to make you that much better. Meaning sure. I've said this time and again, we can't look at an owner like we did 30 years ago and say, it's in my gut. I just like this guy. They're like, what? <laughs> Seriously? Give me some yeah. more, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just, I like that we're being smarter about things and we're, we're understanding that there's a place, but then back to your point, not getting, yeah, not, keeping it in perspective, right? Yeah, as long as you don't get to like, you know, paralysis through analysis, yes. right? Where you're just like, right. oh, okay, yes, there's there's enough here. So I have two more questions here. One, this is the Tim Ferriss sort of lifestyle guru question. Okay, I footnote him all the time. I do know Tim Ferriss, okay. by the way. I know you think I don't know these people, but I do. <laughs> Ryan Holiday, yeah. Ra- those He's are good people. Yeah, yep. You got you have connections. I know that. Um, so Tim Ferriss I'm a question. lot more popular than you think, Thomas. <laughs> Affable, communicative. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Just a genuine, generally great Stop. guy. <laughs> okay. But so, Tim, Tim Ferriss question. Yeah. Um, what belief, approach, philosophy have you adopted over the last three to five years that has changed or adjusted your life? I'm not saying it has to be a groundbreaker, but... Is there anything? Is it uh, professional? No, it could, well, it could be professional. It could be mind, body, and soul. It could be, you know, you did, look, you found the right chair that you love. Like, is there, any, <laughs> is there anything that you, like, that has changed your world over the last three to five? So I would say not necessarily, like, three to five years. I would just say that having Ben come into our world is 19 and has autism has been an uh, everyday journey for, for uh, Tracy and myself. And, and um and his 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 brother jack you know uh so um that's always something that's just with me all the time just trying to figure figure out like where we're going um you know i would say i would say professionally um you know right when we got here i tried to be like real um more communicative more more of a a direct communicator with the players um, um just from a personality standpoint some guys got took advantage of that and i started feeling that so i've kind of backed off of that a little bit like there is there's a little bit of a difference you know there is a That's interesting. yeah um you know like um didn't you, you one know, time I had a guy I had a didn't guy you put a, didn't you put your your belt on you with your was, shirt off one time was, in the locker room that was that was an amazing that, that one. was dq's idea actually it was Dan it was, Quinn's it, it idea. Was, yeah, it was the day before, and and tell that story. And EK, our so we went to get our picture taken. You know, the day before the draft, or before, the day before the Super Bowl in New York, and like everybody was totally loose all week. We had a great week of practice, and and uh, EK, Eric Kennedy, our, our equipment guy, you know, received the belt, you know, from. Um, you know the big wwe belt yeah. and all that and uh we were all dressing to go get our picture taken and uh uh ek's like yeah the guys are 
hey man, you need to like, you know, do your Chris Farley for everybody or something, man, because <laughs> the guys are like super tight today. And DQ is like, or DQ's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. The guys are pretty wound up before the game. And so they were dressing and, and um, so I had, I had literally had my like, you know, Seahawk polo and my khakis on. I was like gonna go in there with the belt and DQ's like, we got to take a shirt off. I'm like, ah, good point. <laughs> One of the worst decisions I've ever made, man. Like, I mean, I went in there, we like started laughing. We started having a great time and everything. Um, but then like the, the players started pulling out their phones and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom's going to see this. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I, I ended up um, calling John Elway after the game and was like, that was not after the game, dude. That was the, yesterday. And I was trying to like, you know, lift the guy's spirits and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was really embarrassing. And then like two minutes after that, we had like a fight on our team that um, <laughs> never got out in public. But that got out later. Yeah. But the pictures were yeah, out. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> the pictures were out of my belly and everything. It was really great. Tracy, well, Tracy didn't divorce me. <laughs> you know, it was, it, it was great. But that's a, I mean, that's, that's just, that's, you're the only person in the league that could get away with that because you're affable, Thanks. communicative, such a great all-around personality. No, I think it's, 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 a, it's a fun story, but isn't that true, right? Sometimes we do things and we're like, oh my gosh, where we're we going, which is a whole yeah. other topic like that. That's out like that. Last question. Yeah. And you, you my this, point, my point with that was, yeah. I, I, I kind of, I have to really concentrate on not taking things personally. I understand with the players with the negotiation with you know like uh, a con something of conflict or a decision I have to make where like you know you're like hey man like it's a pretty good place like you got a pretty good here in the great northwest like this is a great organization like you know what's your deal and yeah. so I would kind of take that personally and to some of our um, other you know um, senior management kind of people in, in the building they've been like you know, they were kind of like, you know, you, we have noticed you kind of took that a little, you know, can take things a little too personal. And, but that's part of like that opening up too, right? Like yes, I open yes. up to you, yeah. I'm giving you part of me. And then you expect the same back. You expect the same. And you're not always going to get that. Well, before we go into the last question, Sorry. this, no, this is a great, great point. I have personally struggled with my expectations being grandiose and beyond what could probably or should probably be accepted of myself and those around me could be again back to the director group could be the head coach could be the owner like that's a personality trait that i am truly trying to look at because i think it's great to have high expectations mm -hmm. but i think you have to keep those expectations in check right so you are who you are and you expect it from other people the reality is there are very very few people who have your affable personality no, and your yeah, yeah. No. all the great things that you have <laughs> And the understanding and the and the soul that you have, uh, I've been thinking about that because you start putting those expectations out, it, it becomes complicated because sure. rarely will people live up to the expectations, and then it adds a little bit of a damper on what should be, in my mind, just a beautiful journey. And you yeah. you have a lot of great fortune in, in not only in what you've been through, but what yeah. what you're going to be doing in it's, the future. It's funny because so you say that. So I just thought of the story. We had a corner here last year. And, you know, nobody was really around, you know, face masks and all that, yeah. you know, and, and all that. And, we're, and and I saw him in the hallway and I was like, hey, nice job today at practice. I'm like, you know, make sure you stay after practice a little bit and like keep working your feet. Like, 
you know, um, and, and it's okay to ask a DB coach, you know, to, you know, for a couple extra minutes. Don't, don't, don't be shy with that, man. But you had a really nice day today, and and just said you worked your butt off right there. He's like, thanks. He's like, who the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. And so, so then I see him like, um, he was a practice squad guy, right? So he's sitting there waiting. Like he he was he went to see Pete the way we do it when we release guys. Like I have him or Pete has him, and then we switch like that and separate separate offices right so they're hearing the same message and everything and um and he's sitting um he's sitting outside pete's office and i went up to him and i'm like you know, again we have our masks on and everything and i'm like i'm like hey i'm gonna get you in about um 10 15 minutes after you're done with pete um but dude you had a great camp you clear waivers we're gonna want to put you back on our team or on our practice squad we got 16 guys this year it's gonna you know you, you have a bright you have a bright future yeah, and he and he's and he pulls his face mask down. And he goes, "Can I ask you a question?" I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "What do you do here?" <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I man. mean, this, this is, is cool. awesome. I this mean, cool. in the middle it of takes Bellevue, somebody like you to think of something like this to go do it. Well, so, thank you. I appreciate stuff, you. Man. Okay, again, I hope you enjoyed that. I mean, what a great guy. He's the kind of guy that you really want to hang out. Have a few beers or a couple glasses of wine and just chill. Talk about all things, not just football and sport, but life in general. Again, great time with my good friend John Schneider out in Seattle. From there, we're heading all the way back out from Lake Washington to Lake Erie. And we're going to visit with the up-and-coming GM, Andrew Barry. He's getting a lot of lauding around the country for his ability to be quantitative in his approach and very well thought out, very intelligent guy. I think you guys will really enjoy the contrast. You have been listening to The GM Journey with Thomas Dimitrov. Continue to follow Thomas as he interviews GMs from your favorite NFL teams. The GM Journey has been produced by Alan Kastenbaum, Thomas Dimitrov, and Octagon Entertainment. Don't forget to download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. The GM Journey is distributed by the Eight Side Network. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, 
Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 